in the, what the research shows is that diversity of startup teams is super important. Startup teams with a single member with hyperactive impulsive ADHD outperform. Startup teams with two members with hyperactive impulsive ADHD tend to suffer. <laughs> and they don't perform so well. And you could, you've probably got examples in your own experience where you see that dynamic play out. So if you're on a team like that, it's really important to realize that, yes, even though as the founder CEO, you are very influential and super important, if you're working with teammates who also have ADHD, you're going to need to address that and come to some sort of place where you could navigate it and manage it effectively, because it could, it could cause serious problems or it could you know, prevent you from reaching all your goals. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, John Torrens. And uh, John, we're going to talk a little bit about, and it's an area we've talked a little bit on another episode, another expert episode, but we're going to have a bit of a different focus on it, but on ADHD and uh, kind of what that means and how it correlates to entrepreneurship and, you know, does it do harm and does it do good and how you leverage it and how you manage it and all those good things and uh, how you uh, how you deal with that as being an entrepreneur. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, John. Thanks so much, Devin. Great to be here. So I gave kind of a brief introduction about what we're going to be talking about. But before we dive into the topic at hand, maybe just give the, the audience a, a brief introduction about yourself. Take a minute or two. Uh, let them know why you're an expert, why you know what you're talking about, and why they should listen to you. Yeah, thank you. So like you, I, I mean, a serial entrepreneur, I've, I've started, scaled, sold, bought back companies for most of my adult life. And during one of the, the company's uh, journeys, I realized that my staff was having some serious issues with me, the way I communicated, the way I operated. And when we got to a certain level, I just started to notice this uh, much more acutely and it was starting to create some problems. So I ended up uh, getting a, an evaluation to see if I had ADHD based on the advice of a business coach I had at the time. And as you can imagine, the psychiatrist said, yeah, of course you have ADHD and this is, you know, you've had it your whole life. You didn't just develop it as an adult. Um, so I got really interested in this because I was seeing it play out in my life and in my business. Um, and as a, as a professor, so I, I've been an entrepreneur, um, exited a company, took a job as a faculty member at Syracuse University in their entrepreneurship department, which has been just an amazing journey for me. So part of that, um, part of that responsibility or part of my role at the university, uh, you know, I, I take part in some research here and there. And one of the things that I was looking at was the link between ADHD and entrepreneurship because a faculty colleague of mine is a world-renowned expert in this. I have personal experience with it. And we just launched a real quick study on uh, entrepreneurs, pretty successful entrepreneurs. And we found that there was a, a pretty serious link. So for example, the normal population, has, there's about 13% of the people who have a diagnosis of ADHD. In our sample, where there's about 62% of them had traits consistent with ADHD, so it was quite amazing. And um, there, we dove into it a little bit and took a look at uh, you know where uh, where the different traits of ADHD come into play, how come in the context of entrepreneurship ADHD can be an advantage, and of course where it's uh, where it's harmful as well. 
No, and I think that definitely is a great introduction and uh, makes a ton of sense how you got into into this area. So now one of the, probably the baseline or the place to maybe start is what is ADHD or, you know, and I, my guess, and I don't know, is there's varying levels and varying levels of severity, but kind of if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I think that there's sometimes you just like to work on a lot of projects and you find a lot of things interesting versus, you know, you may have ADHD or different uh, communication and focusing. So how do you define that or kind of what's that baseline of what is ADHD or how do you tell if you have it or, you know, why you, you might want to look into it? Yeah, sure. So uh, first, it's not a binary, right? So it's it's not the case where you either, either have it or you don't. And if you have it, you look the same as everybody else who has it, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's very different. So the way it's diagnosed is based on, uh, it's just a, basically an interview and observation done by a qualified provider. And they ask a bunch of questions and you have to have, I think, six of the criteria in this list of traits or characteristics. Uh, if you're familiar with it, it's called the DSM-5 or Diagnostic and Statistical Manual 5 used by doctors and healthcare providers. And it's that's how it that's how it works. And the tricky part is if you just go to your doctor during a primary care visit and you know they spend the normal six to seven minutes with you, it's virtually impossible to do a really deep dive into this and, and, and do it well. So I usually encourage people to go to a specialist or a mental health provider. Um, you know, just, just to really take that deep dive and, and do it properly because you don't want to end up taking medication if, if you don't necessarily need to. The other thing that's important is there's two presentations or two expressions of ADHD. One is inattentive type and the other is hyperactive and impulsive. And in our research, we found that it's hyperactive and impulsive type that correlates highly with entrepreneurial success. Inattentive type, this is where you look really forgetful, uh, you lose things a lot, you're uninterested, you just can't get started, you don't, you know, it, it's all that type of stuff. That, that tends to be the, the downside and it's harder to manage. The upside and the hyperactive and inattentive, there's definitely more advantage there, but there's also a serious disadvantage to, you know, to a lot of those traits. So hmm. yeah, if, if you think you might have some traits and characteristics that add up, to having an ADHD diagnosis, definitely see a provider. And that's the thing, it's it's a compilation of traits and characteristics, right? Because most entrepreneurs I know tend to be a little bit uh, hyperactive, right? But just because you're hyperactive doesn't mean you have ADHD. You have to have a, um, you know, a, a full complement of these traits and they have to affect your life in certain ways and that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a much longer interview type of process to get that sort of diagnosis. Mm. Now, one question, and you started to hit on it, but let's say, okay, I'm an entrepreneur and, um, you know, whether it's I have a hard time focusing or communicating or, you know, or any number of the things that you presented, you know, is there an advantage, but I'm not sure, is there, should you go get checked out? Is there an advantage to get checked out? Does it say, hey, if you're on the line, not worry about it or kind of what, you know, and then we'll get into a little bit of advantages and disadvantages, but even if I'm saying, you know, I don't know if I have it, I might, I might not, um, you know, is there, is there a motivation or is there an aid in getting, and uh, having that checked out or diagnosed? It depends, right? So if, if it's getting in the way of your life, so for, you know, students are great examples, right? Students who have ADHD, not, not just hyperactivity or impulsivity or things like that, but they have several traits that when combined have negative impacts in their life, getting a diagnosis is helpful because then you could get extra time on your tests and different accommodations and things like that. If you're an entrepreneur and you're growing a team, 
it may be beneficial, but maybe not. For me, it was beneficial because I could have the conversation with everybody and say, look, this is me. This is how I operate. These are the types of things you got to look out for. And these are the types of things that you can check me for, right? So mm-hmm. it has, has advantages and disadvantages. The other advantage is if you feel like it's that detrimental to you and it's really getting in the way and you want to go the medication route, of course, you need a diagnosis and you need to try different medications and different dosages under the supervision of a doctor. So there, there are reasons why you might want to. Okay, definitely makes sense. So now let's say either I, you know, either I've already been diagnosed or I am, di- or I, I go get diagnosed or I'm saying, hey, it doesn't interfere. I think I have it, but it doesn't interfere with my life, you know, to the degree that I think I need to go get it checked out. Any or all of the above, then, you know, looking at it now and saying, now, what are some, how does that correlate with entrepreneurship? What are the advantages? How do I manage it? How, what are the downsides? What should I look out for? Kind of unwinding a bit of that ball of yarn or so to speak. What are, you know, kind of, I know I get that. There's a whole bunch of questions dumped into one, but help us understand a little bit about entrepreneurship, how to manage it and kind of what to look out for. Sure. Well, one of the first places that this manifests is in the, the initiation or the ideation stage. So people with ADHD just tend to have more ideas. They tend to pursue them a little bit more and they identify more with the idea of entrepreneurship. And some of that could be their, their, um, their lack of risk aversion or their tolerance for risk. Mm. Part of it also is that people with ADHD just get very enthusiastic about things and they tend not to see the downsides or the risks. Right. So somebody without ADHD might be evaluating an idea and say, well, you know, there's some downside here or here's some of the risks. Somebody with ADHD may not even see that. They might just see all the really good stuff, be very optimistic about it and jump right in. And that's usually the first first you know, pl- place it sort of ident- it identifies itself. Right. But then, of course, there's a bunch of other things. So we talked about propensity for risk. Now, when that's working really well, that could make you look brave and visionary, right? And you're, you're taking a risk where maybe others didn't. But when it's not working well and it's dysfunctional, it could make you look reckless. It could make you look like you're just a wild risk taker without any mitigation, you know, things like that. Another thing that we see in entrepreneurs with ADHD or well, people with ADHD anyway, at least hyperactive and impulsive, they have a very high sense of urgency, right? Everything's got to happen now, now, now. Now, when that's working and it's functional, that, that makes you very productive. You, you get a lot of things done. You may get more done before noon than most people get done in a week, right? Mm. When it's not functional, you could be severely impatient. You could drive people around you crazy. You could be the guy that sends out a really important email at 6 p.m. on a Friday. And even though you don't expect uh, your teammate or your employee to get back to you, now you've just really freaked them out because their boss emailed them at 6 p.m. on a Friday. And there's all this work that has to be done to answer the email. But maybe you didn't even expect a response, but you sent it out anyway and you put it out there, right? So these are the ways you can impact your team without even really knowing it. Mm. So now, so and I, and I think I like the, the, the view of, hey, th- this has some benefits and not just all downside in the sense that a lot of times when you have any diagnosis or anything that you're having to deal with, you always say, oh, you know, there's the drawbacks and the downsides. And now I'm having to deal with those. But there's also, I like how there's also some updates or, advan- you know, advantages or upsides to it and, and how you can leverage that in order to use it to your advantage, so to speak. So now as you go to do that, you know, how do you leverage the upsides and, the, you know, take advantage of those things that are beneficial as an entrepreneur and manage the downside so that you, you don't, you know, you can have the best of both worlds or you can have the benefits and, and, and not have as much of the detriment. 
Yeah, there's a couple of ways you could do it. So um, just in terms of managing yourself, right? So there's there's a consumption aspect to it and not just what you put into your body through your mouth, but what you take in through your eyes and ears, right? So there's not a lot of support for adding supplements to your diet that, that help with these traits, but there's some support for removing things from your diet, right? So sugars, red dyes, caffeine or strategic use of caffeine, right? All these central nervous system stimulants will just tend to jack somebody with ADHD way up and make their lives a little bit harder. Likewise, your media consumption is super important in terms of your distractibility, right? So you probably know entrepreneurs and maybe even you yourself, you might have three screens going, one might have your crypto wallet, one might have WhatsApp for web, one might have a stock ticker, you know, maybe there's your outlook up and you know, you're just doing all of it, right? And maybe you've got the news on also. Who knows, right? And you've got some music playing and you're texting and you know, it's that type of thing. It's that information diet that, you know, you've got to just really manage. So when I work with people, young entrepreneurs who have this, the first thing we do is just turn off all notifications, train them not to even open Outlook or Gmail until they're ready to send and read emails and, you know, just minimize distractions, right? So that's the consumption side. On the activity side, there's two aspects to it. The first is, what do you just do? What are you doing professionally? Are you doing things that you like and you're good at? If so, that's great. But are you also putting yourself in the position where you're forcing yourself to do things that you don't like and you're not good at, but because of this guilt you have, you feel like you have to do it before you can delegate it, or maybe you're not a good delegator and you've got this task, you're stuck on it, you're mad at yourself and, and you're not getting to the things you really like. So delegating and understanding what you're good at and doing those things and finding somebody else who is good at the things that you're not good at, which there's plenty of those types of people, give that to them, right? Mm. Then the other side of activity is just physical activity, right? We know exercise is helpful for people with ADHD, right? Just to get the ants and the pants out, increase dopamine levels, that sort of thing. Um, so exercise is key, but there's also a lot of research support for some sort of um, meditation or mindfulness practice which kind of makes sense because when you meditate, you're focusing on your breath and you're, you're paying attention to the way you pay attention, in other words, right? So there's, there's things you can do there. Probably the most powerful thing you could do is enlist a, an accountability partner or a third party. It could be your chief operating officer or a really strong number two. Could be your spouse, could be a coach, but just lay it out with them and say, look, these are, these are the traits I have. I'm, I have a high propensity for risk. I'm highly proactive. I don't think things through very much. And I have high sensation seeking. This is what it looks like when it's working for me. This is what it looks like when it's not. I need you to throw the flag when you notice it's not working. Hit the pause button and let me just think about it because it's that self-awareness with that help from somebody else that could make the biggest impact. Mm, no, it definitely makes sense. And I th I like the kind of the idea of, you know, self-awareness and sometimes that, you know, kind of, even if you don't have ADHD or any, anything else, or you're not, you don't, you know, you're not have to manage that, having that self-awareness, having that accountability partner, I find, you know, a lot of times is worthwhile in both cases, in the sense that a lot of times you're going to see things differently. They're going to see things differently. Having someone to bounce ideas off with, make sure that you're or staying in line, you're, you're co or coordinating, communicating, everything else is beneficial. And it sounds like definitely even more so in, in, that, si in that side. Now, one of the other, in shifting gears just a bit, one of the other things we mentioned before when we chatted before the podcast was there's also kind of that startup life cycle and that kind of 
sometimes ADHD can correspond well with that and it can be helpful. And, you know, kind of what you mentioned, and I had to laugh because I ended up having four screens in my office. One's a 65 inch TV. I got another about 40 inch TV. I got another screen that's a little screen. So I've got a whole bunch of screens. And so I like to have, you know, everything else, up, everything up at the same time so I can see it, but I just had to kind of smile and self-reflect. But going back to my question was, is with that startup lifestyle, I can see, you know, maybe if it's getting things going and getting excited and because I think a little bit, the risk meter has got to be broken if you want to be an entrepreneur, because if you thought about all the ways that it could fail and all the ways that it wasn't going to succeed and every, all the risks and everything else, you'd never get started. So tell us or help us understand a little bit about if you, if you were managing that or looking at ADHD and some of those, uh, or, you know, those drawbacks and benefits where you should be particularly cognizant of it within a startup life cycle. Yeah, that's a good question. And um, so, so if you think of the, you know, the life cycle of a company or an entrepreneur, right, there's certain times where, and, and each, each stop or each point of the life cycle, there's going to be things that hurt and things that help, right, or things you're good at and help you out and things you're not so good at or get in the way. So early on, it's the initiation, right? If you've got hyperactive and impulsive ADHD, you're going to be really good at that. Almost, sometimes even too good because you initiate so many projects that maybe you just don't finish, right? But it's that initiation, which, you know, in entrepreneurship, ideas are a dime a dozen. You got to take action on the idea and do something with it, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we tend to be pretty good at. Now, the follow through and the completion, that's a different story. But the initiation, that early stage of the entrepreneurial life cycle, we tend to be really good at. Now, if you kind of go through the life cycle and, and you think of, okay, early on, you're just in resource acquisition mode, right? You're either trying to find capital, you're trying to find you know, co-founders, you're trying to find employees, you're trying to find product market fit, you're doing all this stuff, you're acquiring resources and you're hustling and you're working. As the company matures a little bit, you go from you know, resource acquisition to resource coordination, Right. Mm -hmm. So now you've got the resources you need. Now you need policies, you need procedures. And there's this push and pull between improvisation, which is what we tend to be really comfortable with, and coherent orchestration of all the resources. Right. So do you plan things through? Do you stick to the plan? Do you execute well? Or are you just way more comfortable improvising? Right. Mm -hmm. So in, in one of my companies, as we were scaling, they came to me and said, look, you know, we, we need procedures and processes for this. And I said, absolutely, we do. I get it. We're never going to scale unless we have that. So we'd spend time, put the processes in place. And guess who the first one was who violated every one of those processes? It was <laughs> probably, me because probably you, I, yeah, the leader. Yeah, I, I was just way more comfortable improvising, right? So if something came at me, I didn't want to go through the process. I just wanted to solve it quickly even though going through the process probably would have been ultimately the cleanest, most quick way to solve it. It just, you know, I had to do deal with it right there, you know? Um, yeah. So there's, there's those types of things. No, and I think that makes it, but you know, and it's interesting as much as a lot of what we're covering is even, I think good advice, for all businesses. And I think particularly being cognizant of it is even more so, but if you were to look at, you know, it's interesting. Uh, one of the books I, I love and enjoy is um, that will never work. And it's a, uh, it's by Mark Randolph. He's one of the original founder of Netflix and, you know, oftentimes you hear Steve Hastings, but Mark Randolph was the original CEO and founder. And he was talking about a lot of times how 
and there's different cycles in the startup, right? And you originally you need a generalist and somebody that can do a lot of things. And then you also have a CEO that's kind of the visionary and you can do it, but as a, as a company matures and as you do it, you may need to bring on different talentship, di- talents, different leadership and everything else. And I think that that's a little bit what you're touching on is even just magnified with doing it. If you did have ADHD, that a lot of those talents early on of getting things done and, and figuring things out and pivoting and adjusting and, you know, move all that is beneficial and kind of as the business progresses to get those systems in place that you can't just wing it you can't just do it and you have to have help other people understand your vision and how you're approaching this and everything else is beneficial but it's one where you have you have to be even more cognizant because you're you need to have those systems in place as a as a company progresses yeah yeah right on so now if you were to do that and you're, you know, you're, so let's, we've kind of walked through and we've talked a little bit about what is ADHD, how it correlates entrepreneurship, you know, does, you know, what are the harms and the, the positives, how you'd manage the uh, downside and kind of, you know, and the life cycles of a business, anything else that they should be cognizant of, aware of, or as you're looking, especially in our audience as entrepreneurs, startups, small businesses, anything else they should be aware of, cognizant of, or uh, looking to manage, or otherwise, if they're dealing with that, or maybe dealing with it, that they should be thinking of? Yeah, so especially in a startup scenario, it's, um, you know, the, the founder CEO may have ADHD, and if they don't have ADHD to a, a clinical level, they probably have some some compilation of traits that that helps them anyway right but it could also drive people crazy <laughs> it's important to remember that in a startup scenario you, you te- you're going to tend to attract people like that in a lot of cases so on a team so what in the, what the research shows is that diversity of startup teams is super important startup teams with a single member with hyperactive impulsive adhd outperform startup teams with two members with hyperactive impulsive adhd tend to suffer <laughs> and they don't perform so well. And you could, you've probably got examples in your own experience where you see that dynamic play out. So if you're on a team like that, it's really important to realize that, yes, even though as the founder CEO, you are very influential and super important. If you're working with teammates who also have ADHD, you're going to need to address that and come to some sort of place where you could navigate it and manage it effectively, because it could, it could cause serious problems or it could you know, prevent you from reaching all your goals. Mm. No, I think that 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 is a good, and that's an interesting and insightful that, hey, you know, kind of the old adage or the old cliche of, you know, there, there, you can't, you, you, although you can't have too much of a good thing in reality, you can have too much of a good thing in the right. sense if all you have is a whole bunch of people that are like you that have ADHD or go gung ho and don't have the systems in place and don't manage it, then it can be detriment. It can be detrimental if you have too many, but one, you know, having that right balance and that right mixture can also be beneficial because you can have everybody that's, um, that's going to be playing different skill sets. So that definitely mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, as we start to wrap up the podcast and, you know, always more things I'd love to dive in than time to dive into them. But if somebody were to be in this circumstance, so they're a startup, they're a small business and they're getting going and they think, okay, either I'm diagnosed or I'm not diagnosed, but I think I have ADHD or I'm managing with it. And they're saying, okay, I should probably start to take some steps to use it, utilize it, leverage it to my benefit and also manage the downside. They could, with all of that as a setup, if they can only get going on one thing today, if they can only get to take that initial first step, what would be the best? thing to get going on it ah so one of the most effective things that i found for for the people i work with i I coach a few young entrepreneurs with adhd it's uh it's getting into a practice where you plan your next day right so just before you go to bed dealing with your calendar and saying these are the important things i got to do tomorrow so that way when you wake up in the morning 
you're not just kind of grasping at straws or being, being slow to get out of bed because you're not exactly sure what you're going to do. It's that coherent planning and knowing what you need to do. So that way, the first thing you do when you wake up isn't start improvising, right? Mm. The other thing is to keep your phone off at night and don't even turn it on for 30 minutes in the morning. That gives you all that time to do your meditation, your gratitude, look at your day, and then you can attack your day strategically versus reacting to whatever it is that came into your phone overnight. No, I like that. And I think that, again, it's funny because I listen to this and I'm like, a lot of this is good practice for everybody, even in that, you know, waking up and if all you do is the first thing you do, and and I'm I'm guilty of it, so I I need to repent and and be better, (laughs) but I always will pick up my phone and the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is go through all the emails and see which ones I, if there's anything that came over the night before and what if I need to do that. And then, you know, if I have good emails, I get to get day going well and I don't get overwhelmed. And if not, then sometimes I have so much to do that I'm, you know, get frustrated or already start the day off bad so I, I like that but having that that structure and that plan definitely makes sense so well people have more questions if people want to reach out to they want to find out more whether it's you know learn more about your research they want to reach out to you with questions they want to um, be a, a take your class if they're your university whatever it is or they just want to be your next best friend what's the best way to reach out contact you or find out more yeah they can find me on linkedin uh, john m torrens um, they can go, I did a TEDx talk on this topic. They can Google my name and ADHD. And I just published a book. Actually, it's on Amazon now. It's called Lightning in a Bottle, How Entrepreneurs Can Harness Their ADHD to Win. So they can check that out if they like it. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to check that out. And I'm an avid reader, so I'll have to pick up the book because it sounds like a great read. So appreciate coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Um, appreciate you sharing your expertise. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own expertise to share or you just have your own journey to share, feel free to go apply to be on the podcast. Just go to inventiveguest.com. We'd love to have you on and share. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know what all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Thank you again, John, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. All right, thanks, Devin. It's great being here. 